Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Back to Silly Nation. Well, we've been silly for a long time. And confirmation. Anytime you want confirmation, turn on the big cable networks. The the top three, not the fourth, not Newsmax. We know what we're doing. But uh, MSNBC, CNN, and even Fox right now, it's all about this uh, this weirdo lawyer in South Carolina and whether or not he uh, he killed those people. I mean, I understood O.J. We all knew who O.J. was for years. We laughed at his movies. We liked him as a football player. He was really cool and likable in the Hertz commercial. Everybody knew who O.J. was. Household name famous. That was the trial of the century. Uh, this guy, I still can't figure out his name. And I don't particularly care, and neither should anybody. Every single channel right now, you know what else is going on? Uh, Iran is 12 days away from developing a nuclear weapon. They're going to have a nuclear weapon in 12 days. That basically means they're painting they're painting the bomb right now. They've got it all set to go. They're just putting the little finishing touches on it, Right. I guess what do they want to do? They want to engrave death to Israel on the side of the bomb. This is a full-blown crisis. Yet, <laughs> Judge Murdoff and uh, and Joe Biden getting into a tiff with a heroic woman. You heard about this, right? Just She didn't go looking for a fight. She went looking to the government for solutions. Rebecca Kiesling. Uh, did you see her? She had uh, two children killed by fentanyl pills. They thought they were Percocets. They weren't. They were fentanyl, and fentanyl is going to kill you. Rebecca Kiesling went down to Congress. She was invited to speak, and she spoke very, very powerfully about this horrific fentanyl drug epidemic and all these drugs, of course, coming in through the southern border. So many of them, come on, all right? We got to stop this, and that's all she was saying. She didn't make it a partisan issue. It really was a governmental issue. She's asking the government to do more. Who could argue with that? Well, Joe Biden actually found a way. Uh, Cut 10, please. Cut 10. 100,000 die every year and nothing's being done. Not enough is being done. Numbers are going up, not down. And you talk about children being taken away from their parents. My children were taken away from me. A hundred thousand Americans every year are having their children, 200,000, because it's both parents, right, are having their children taken away from them. This should not be politicized. It's not about race. Fentanyl doesn't care about race. All right. That's really tough. Two children lost, right? One was 18. One was 20. She's in Washington, D.C. That's the seat of the government. You heard that she didn't want to make it political. Unfortunately, 
Unfortunately, I guess in a weird way, she went to the wrong place because Washington is all about politics, right up to our empathetic commander-in-chief. Remember Joe, Mr. Empathy, how, how much empathy he was supposed to have? This woman did not, I don't think he uttered, she uttered the name Biden. She did not even speak the name Biden. She didn't go there to blame Biden or blame anybody. She's asking for more from the government. And, um, but <laughs> Joe has got to find a way to criticize her. Try to wait. Oh, put it in context, right? That this was Trump's fault, like everything else. This is what they do. Now, Biden is actually ripping on um, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You know, let's face it. She's a she's a lightning rod, Marjorie Taylor Greene. This woman did not come to get into it with Marjorie Taylor Greene or Joe Biden. She wants action from the government. And listen, listen to what this corrupt fool does. Cut 11, please. Cut 11. She, she was very specific recently saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that, that I killed her sons. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> the interesting thing is the fentanyl they took happened during the last administration. Um, you know, you just dragged this woman into a horrific partisan fight she's already going through enough horror losing two imagine that i mean they say what do they say the worst thing in the world is uh when a parent buries their child like it's so unnatural and now that i have children i couldn't totally understand that my gosh it's not supposed to happen that way you hear what he did he's quibbling about when it happened she didn't actually mask that fact she gave the date um she said it was in july of 2020 I mean, I know what ha- I know who was president. I know what was going on there. This is a problem years in the making. It, it, it transcends any one administration, although this one appears totally committed to making the problem much worse in that they don't want to even fight it. They're just giving up on purpose. The globalists want the labor. Um, Democrats want the votes. Um, the cartels want the drugs. Hey, it's win, 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 apparently, except for us, except for us. You know, Joe Biden does have a crack addict son, and Joe does not drink. Joe does not smoke cigarettes, does does not, has never smoked uh, weed or anything like that. Did you know that about Joe? He's a total teetotaler. Um, and you know his firsthand, the horror of addiction. He's just letting this happen, letting this happen. Now, again, well, it happened in 2020. No, it's happening every single day, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. They've given up. They've given up. I think I had Clay Higgins on, congressman from uh, Louisiana, great guy. We agree that this is on purpose. They're trying to destroy the country, and they've got some really effective uh, bureaucrats to hide behind. Oh, well, the, the bureaucrats will execute their corrupt plan, and then being bureaucrats, they'll always deflect. They'll always say, it wasn't me, it was somebody else. Let's see, there were some great moments yesterday. I put these on my show. I was very – we played a couple of them yesterday. I think they're just awesome. You know, this is still a democracy. We have elected representatives. And say what you will about these politicians, you know um, – I'm proud of them. I, I just I'm proud of America. A guy like Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, with all of his talent, with all of his eloquence, could do a lot of things. He decided to go out 
get people to vote for him by sharing his ideas, his agenda, and now he's representing us. And it was a beautiful thing to watch. Josh Hawley pushing back on the harassment of Christians. It's actually happening. You know, the FBI wants to go undercover in Christian organizations because the the, 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 the toxic fallacy they told themselves that this is a they harbor domestic terrorists. No, they just don't like Christians, actually. That's what we're... And you know who's driving this whole damn thing? The squad. The most liberal, kooky people in the room are getting all the mainstream, what do they like to say, white old men to do their bidding. Joe Biden, Merrick Garland. All right, Josh Hawley, let's see what you got. Cut 27, please. Are you telling me that in your opinion as attorney general, it was objectively necessary to use 20 or 30 SWAT-style agents with long guns and ballistic shields for these people? What I'm saying is that decisions about how to go about this were made on the ground by FBI agents. So you're saying you don't know? I'm, I'm saying what I just said. That Which is that you're abdicating responsibility? I'm not abdicating responsibility. Then give me the answer. Is Do you think, in your opinion, you are the Attorney General of the United States, you are in charge of the Justice Department. And yes, sir, you are responsible. The so FBI, give me an answer. The FBI does not agree with your description. I'm not asking about the FBI. You are the attorney general. Give me your answer. Do you think that it was objectively reasonable and they followed your guidelines in sending 20 to 30 armed agents to terrorize these people? Yes or no? The facts I have, which are those presented by the FBI, are not consistent with your description. Bureaucrat, that's a bureaucrat for you, always playing bureaucrat games. I'll get to the FBI in a moment. Wow, uh, Chris Ray disgraced himself the other night, absolutely disgraced himself. Tom Cotton, American hero, Iraq War veteran, uh, fabulously well-educated, Republican of Arkansas. Uh, here he is giving it to him. Hey, what about this, uh, <laughs> what about allowing people to protest in front of Judges' homes, federal judges' homes, the justices. It's against the law, actually, because the mob wanted to change their vote. Why don't you prosecute them? Why don't you go after them? Why don't you go after them like you go after the January 6th people who didn't break who didn't break anything or hurt anybody? And many of them were let in. Anyway, cut 28, please. Consider the efforts your department has put into tracking down everyone who is even on the Capitol grounds on January 6, 2021. You've dedicated million of man hours. You can't allocate just a few agents to look at people's social media accounts and say they were president outside of a justice home. We're going to go arrest them and charge them. Our, it's a black letter violation of the law. Our priority is violence and threats of violence and protection of the lives of the justices. And that is what we're doing. Huh? Yeah. Wow. No, you're not. And this is Ted Cruz cut 29. How do you decide which statutes you enforce and which ones you don't? The marshals on scene make that determination in light of the priority of defense. The marshals do not make a determination over whether to prosecute you. The attorney general make a determination. And you spent 20 years as a judge, and you're perfectly content with justices being afraid for their children's lives. And you did nothing to prosecute it. Let's shift that, to another is, area. Can I answer the question? You, no, the, you the cannot. General, you have refused to answer the I question. I am answering your question. The how attorney you general choose, does not decide whether to how arrest. How did you choose not to, not to enforce this statute? The marshals on scene. Marshals don't make that decision. They do make the decision of whether to make to an prosecute arrest. prosecute someone? No, they don't. Yeah. This is uh, just 
all those protesters outside of Judge Kavanaugh's house and Amy Coney Barrett's house and Justice Thomas's house and even Justice Roberts house. They were all in violation of the law. You can't do that. You can protest. You got to protest down the block. You can't be right in front of the damn house. There's a federal law about that. And because they blew off the law, Justice Kavanaugh was almost killed. Cut 31. According to federal court documents, Roski admitted that he bought the gun with the intention of breaking into the justice's home and killing him. Police say that he was arrested after calling 911 on himself. 911 on himself. You know, um, also, he made a big deal. I sent all these marshals out. I sent the federal marshals. And it's not clear to me that the marshals prevented that from happening. Uh, this kid called 911 and then the local police showed up. I want, were they awake? I mean, it's tough to stay awake when it's 2 in the morning. I understand that. Their presence was a good thing, but they only had about two guards per shift, two federal marshals per shift. That's not enough. Um, no way. No way. All right, Christopher Ray is the director of the Hey, one other thing, though. If you're flying on an airplane, do me a favor. Always remember, I know they tell you you can unbuckle your seatbelt and walk around the cabin. I... Nobody really walks around the cabin unless you want to go to the bathroom, right? Uh, that's it. That's the only reason to get up. And that's the only reason to take your seatbelt off. Did you hear about the Lufthansa flight from, they were going from Austin, Texas to Frankfurt, Germany. Did it, I never conceived of a flight going from Austin, Texas to Frankfurt, Germany. Did they just seem like totally uh, opposite cities? But one was... And over Tennessee, they hit turbulence like crazy. The plane was jumping up and down, pushed down about 1,000 feet, then shot up 1,000 feet. All hell breaks loose inside the cabin. And this happens. I've actually seen it happen. It actually happened once to myself in a plane that I was flying. I didn't – I did I have my seatbelt on? I, I had it on, but I had it on very loosely. My head hit the top of the plane I was flying. Just boom. It just – Wow. Seatbelts work. You got to keep that seatbelt on. The only people who were hurt on the flight were those who were not buckled up. And I was in a little plane. That's a think about it when you're in an airline seat. Imagine flying up to the ceiling and hitting your head. That's bad. You got to keep that seatbelt on. It can happen. And a lot of weird things seem to be happening uh, in airplanes lately. Have you noticed that? It's um, it's not good. It's a very strange phenomenon. And we got to keep our eye on it. All right. The other creep of the day yesterday was Chris Ray, and uh, he says so much. He, I, I, I think I played this once yesterday. It's, but it's so revealing. You know, the FBI, poll after poll, and just we all kind of understand that the FBI is pretty lost and pretty damaged and not doing a very good job and always missing things, and that's been their entire history. We were fed a lot of crap uh, by J. Edgar Hoover. The propaganda that came from the uh, the first FBI director, I mean, people are still like kind of like living with that, with that illusion that he created. And he was a total whack job. Uh, cut 32, please. The current director, Christopher Ray, to Brett Baer. Polls show that the FBI's reputation is at a real record low. What do you make of that? Well, look, there are all sorts of opinions out there about the FBI, just like there are about every major institution these days. I can tell you that we're focused on the opinions of the people we actually do the work for and the people we do the work with. The people you do the work for and the people you do the work with. What about the American people? Huh? What about the so the opinions of the people that the FBI works for? 
They like the FBI. So Susan Rice likes the FBI. Barack Obama likes the FBI. And if you keep Hunter Biden out of trouble, I think Joe Biden is going to like you, too. Be right back. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. And informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, oh, wow. All right. Stand by. This is big. I got two bits of breaking news. One provided just a moment ago from Fox News. You ready for this? Awaiting the Murdoff jury deliberations. They are awaiting the Murdoff jury deliberations. The deliberations haven't started yet. They're waiting to... (laughs) I, I, I know I've heard of waiting for the verdict, but we're waiting for the for the waiting to start. We're waiting for the Murdoff jury to start its deliberations. Okay. That's a big break. They got a big thing on the screen. Awaiting does that make any sense? We're awaiting the start of the deliberations. Just deliberate. Let me know. I just waiting. Uh the other thing is police can now sue Trump. For January 6th, MSNBC says this, yes, and others. Okay, so there's been a a ruling of some kind that if some cop on January 6th injured themselves, I guess they can uh, can sue President Trump. Uh, For what exactly, huh? For saying that uh, everybody should be peaceful and patriotic? I mean, what, what? Trump can be sued by police over January 6th riot, Justice Department says. Two U.S. police officers, U.S. Capitol Police officers, and 11 Democratic House members are seeking to hold Donald Trump liable for injuries they suffered during the riot. Hmm. 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 Well, I was inconvenienced, and I actually scraped my right index finger um, in June of 2020 as I was – there was a big, big, big mob of people coming down the street, and I remember I just went in – quickly inside uh, the building where I work. I went in like probably a microsecond faster than I normally did. And I scratched my finger. Should I, can I sue? Who could I sue for that? Could I sue MSNBC for inflaming and exaggerating and lying about the risk posed to black people by white cops? Could I sue them for that? Because that's a lie. That's fake information. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Although I'll have to come up with uh, that, that sprained f- that that scratch finger ah emotional injuries (laughs) that'll be easy to explain greg kelly entertaining and informative on the red apple podcast network far too many people use as their standard for whether they think something was fair or objective whether it's an fbi investigation whether it's a supreme court decision or even an election is whether they like the result, whether their side won or lost. But that's, that's not how independence and objectivity work. We are not on either side. The FBI is on the American people's side, on the Constitution's side. And <laughs> nobody believes you. Nobody believes you anymore, Christopher Ray. 
director of the FBI. Thank you to uh, Chris Christie. Oh, by the way. Yeah, Chris Christie, when he got in trouble for shutting down the bridge uh, for the people, the good people of Fort Lee, New Jersey, he hired Christopher Ray to get him out of the gym. And uh, Christopher Ray did such a good job lying and covering up for Chris Christie. Uh, he gave him a, a job where he could lie and cover up uh, even more. Director of the FBI. Wow, what a statement, huh? You know, what do they say? Uh, people, the standard is not losing an election. You, you know, people are disappointed in an election. That's not the standard. You, we, our standard is the Constitution. Tell that to Hillary Clinton and all the people who commissioned you to um, go after Trump for two years on a phony BS charge of Russia collusion. Two years, two years, $17 million. You, 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 and your team. Meanwhile, you're tiptoeing around China. You don't want to offend China. Ooh, it's China. It's China. Um, here's here's where this guy reveals himself to be a degenerate liar, by the way. Um, you know, and it's particularly shocking to me. I'm pretty up to speed on all things January 6th. It's a passion project of mine, quite frankly. Um, I want the people who didn't break anything, who didn't hurt anybody, who were let in by the cops. I think their records should be totally expunged, and they should be they should be compensated for the trouble they've gone through. Um, but it never occurred to me that the FBI had uh, informants and undercover agents inside the Capitol, inside the Capitol, dressed as Trump supporters. Until Congressman Clay Higgins brought it up and Christopher Ray would not deny it. He wouldn't deny it. And he said, don't read anything into that. Oh, yeah, I totally read into it. That happened. Oh, I can't talk about techniques and procedures. We can't talk about those things. That is another freaking lie. Now, Baird did not ask him about the people inside the Capitol, agents posing inside the Capitol. But he did ask, were they in the mob? Were they there? And listen to this answer. He's lying. All right. Remember that. Oh, another thing. He may sound all calm and cool, but his face is twitching and he's like kind of like he's just he's all weird. He's giving himself away. Let's see here. This is would be cut 35, please. And the other Twitter question we get a lot is, did the FBI have undercover agents or paid informants or assets among the mob that stormed the Capitol on January 6th? Well, as I'm sure you can appreciate, Brett, I can't really appropriately talk about when, where, and how we use confidential informants. Is it classified? Well, we have information that is about any number of topics that is law enforcement sensitive. Uh, but you should not read into my inability to answer a question because of my obligations as that is a clue or a hint in any way about how accurate your reader's um, tweet is. Oh, yeah, the reader got it right. The reader totally got it right, Chris Ray. And we totally, we see right through you. We see right through. I'm sure you can appreciate. No, we can't appreciate. The FBI brags about confidential informants all the time. They brag about undercover agents all the time. In fact, here's an example of an active duty undercover FBI agent on network television, a great big fat documentary by the fake news, CBS News. I don't hold this against the undercover guy. He got permission. Part of the propaganda machine that is the FBI. Cut 36. A gunman out for revenge. 
judges and government officials his targets. How FBI agents went undercover to stop his plan. There's no stopping in undercover work. You say it comes out of your mouth and you gotta live with it. Everything inside of you is screaming, oh my God, I hope he doesn't find out that I'm an agent. My name is Mike Ghibli. I've been an FBI undercover agent for 19 years. Hey, Mike Ghibli, congratulations. <laughs> Solid guy doing amazing work. Why can't we be told about it now? Why do we pretend it didn't happen on January 6th? Why, why, why? You know what I think? I think you damn near, you helped engineer the whole damn thing. This was a fix. This was a setup. In fact, for now on, it's not January 6th. It's January fixed, the setup. You guys set this up. You guys let them in. And you guys killed Ashley Babbitt. You guys, the swamp, until, I don't know, we haven't figured it out yet. Who gave the go-ahead for corrupt cop Michael Byrd to kill somebody? But you had to say, not only was it an insurrection, which is a lie, you had to say it was a deadly insurrection. So you had to kill somebody, didn't you? Didn't you? You people really, really make me sick. Thank God for the Republicans yesterday, uh, Senator Hawley, Senator Cruz. Who else was great? Senator Lee. Um, Lindsey Graham is actually pretty good. Uh, good stuff from those guys. This is still a democracy. Christopher Ray. Nobody voted for him. Chris Christie recommended him, and now we got him for, what, 10 years? And this guy will do anything to keep the power, to keep the plane. Chris Ray gets an airplane. Can you believe that? First thing we got to do is take the FBI director's plane from him. Here he is covering up for, you know, (laughs) the laptop, right? The laptop. The FBI had it for a year, all right? They had it for a year. They weren't going to do anything. They were going to protect Joe Biden because they were out to get Trump. And it would hurt Biden and it would help Trump. Care to comment on that, Christopher Ray? Cut 34. The whistleblowers are telling these lawmakers that there was an internal effort to shut down the investigation from the beginning. Have you found that? I have not found anything like that. Um, All right. So, okay. (laughs) Can you hear his voice? It's a little bit. I have not found anything like that. But his face, it's just he's a mess. He's a mess. He's not he's not a good liar, but you can get away with it. Why? Swamp. Um, Fake media to a point. Brett did a pretty good job, but he was too polite. He was too polite. And, you know, Brett. Ultimately, he's in it for the fun. He's in it for the money. He's in it for the, you know, swamp status, Cafe Milano, uh, Washingtonian Magazine, all that junk, right? That motivates these guys. That motivates everybody. Oh, it certainly motivates Chris Wallace. Did you see? I uh, did you see what I did to Wallace last night? It was pretty good. All right, I'll get to that in a second. Let's do uh, Mario in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hello. How are you, Greg? Hey, what is up with our little scratchy phone system here? Hey, Jason, what's up with the phones? Why does it sound like that? Wait, can you can you hear Mario? Can you hear the weird scratch? Yes, I can. I can't stand it. It really bothers me. I'm sorry. All right, all right. You got to keep this down to ten seconds because I can't take this sound. What? Ten seconds. Okay. I grew up in West Hempstead, relocated here, worked long on a railroad, and you were right on target with Biden. Are you kidding me? Okay, are you kidding me? Fentanyl, that poor lady, and he blames the past administration, the biggest donkey uh, Democrat in the history of our country. Yep. And his present mayor, Greg, New uh, York City, 
you know, he couldn't he couldn't shine your father's shoes. He needs a shine box. And he referred to your father as a racist. Go and home was- and get your shine box. That's what we ought to tell him. That's what you don't want to know who the racist is. It's Eric Adams, right? He kicked them crackers ass, man. He kicked those crackers ass. Listen, Mario, call back sometime. I appreciate your kind words. And always good to talk to somebody from the adjacent West Hempstead. I grew up uh, I grew up right next door. Thank you, Mario. And let's do one more. Tommy in Brooklyn, hello. Hey, Greg. Um, you were right. That lady who lost two sons, she was not blaming Biden for the deaths. She was bringing to light the fact that our border is an open mess and uh, – and we have a drug problem here, and now it's Biden's responsibility to rectify this situation. Too many people are dying, and it's time to close the border and wait till you see this new drug coming. It's called xylazine. It's some kind of tranquilizers for horses or, or animals. Bad news, man. What do you mean? What about it? What? It's going to be. It's coming. They're talking about it's coming through the borders now. Xylazine. Xylazine. Some kind of for horses, yeah. and people are going to want to take it? They have been. It's been mixed with drugs. What reality are people trying to escape from by taking these drugs? Reality is pretty good. You can compare our lives right now, what is it, 2023, to what they were dealing with in 1823. I mean, my goodness gracious, we got air conditioning, we got heating, we got any movie you want, we got any book you want, we got uh, we got a lot going on, a lot of things that are good, and we're all trying to dull us ourselves. I, I, I don't understand it. I don't. I... Well, every now and then, I guess I kind of do. Because you know what? All those things I just talked about, the material comforts that uh, ultimately, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> ultimately, it doesn't really lead to much of anything. The only thing that really fulfills us, and I know this firsthand, is a good, strong relationship with the Lord. And it's available to each and every one of us through that Bible. And... Uh, Yes, indeed. Well, anyway, Tommy, thanks so much. Uh, xylazine, it's called, right? Yeah, xylazine. Great, uh, great, great, great talk to you, Greg. Be well. See ya. Uh, Sandra is in New Jersey. One more. Last one. Hi. Hey, great show last night. It was really great how you uh, did the FBI, the bureaucrats, the rats. And, and oh, that's right. Shows. I forgot about that. The rat and bureaucrat. That, I love thank you. that. Th- thank you and for I noticing. And I like the way you did the code showing 1507, which Garland didn't follow. And I, as you said, Ted Cruz and, and Senator Howley did such a great job grilling Carlin, who was like, like he was so uncomfortable. And I wonder, is this the beginning of getting back to the honor and integrity we so very much deserve? Oh, I have one more thing to tell you. I read this morning that Hunter Biden's criminal defense lawyer has left the case. Well, lawyers come and go, you know. Which one? Mezuris? 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 What's his name? Joshua Joshua Levy. Uh, I don't know. This guy guy is lawyered to the hilt. He's got lawyers everywhere. He's got lawyers. uh, Abby Lowell. You know, lawyers, they get jealous of each other. You know, they get all kinds of, you know, it's a lot, lot of drama sometimes with lawyers. He's got this guy, Abby Lowell, who is like the king of the swamp. And they're firing off nasty letters to private citizens, or actually, I'm sorry, to the IRS, telling the IRS that you should investigate private citizens. Imagine that. I am Abby Lowell, big attorney in Washington, D.C., and I represent the son of the president of the United States. And you, the IRS, should investigate Joe Blow because he tweeted some mean stuff about Hunter Biden. That's happening right now. Sandra, I so appreciate it and you. Thank you, and I'll be right back. Uh 
Greg Kelly. Entertaining and informative. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. Tea is such a pain in the neck to assemble. Tea. A cup of tea. Coffee. Coffee works. Even when you're assembling coffee, it doesn't seem like it's uh, as big a deal. Even when you put in the cream. I guess it's that tea bag with the string. And does the bag stay in? Does the string stay in? Uh, I was told. I can't remember what I did. I either took the bag out and that was wrong or I left the bag in. That was wrong. Uh, But uh, that's all they had down there. And uh, so it's tea for me right now. And uh, what I, I think Joe Biden is in big trouble, or should be in a in a fair with a free fair press. He would be in big trouble, laughing. Can you imagine anybody laughing at this woman? Cut ten. A hundred thousand die every year, and nothing's being done. Not enough is being done. Numbers are going up, not down. Yeah, I mean she's amazing, and she lost her two children to fentanyl poisoning. And she didn't go there to blame Biden, as Tommy just pointed out. She, she went there to basically ask the government, and we're allowed to do this as citizens. We're allowed to petition the government to do stuff to solve our problems, not to make things worse. And, oh, boy, do they make things worse, huh? They really are good at making – I still can't get over it. It hit me the other day. We screwed up Afghanistan. We screwed up Iraq, yet we're going to show the Ukrainians how to win that war. We lost. We lose when it comes to wars. It's we shouldn't be doing it. Just get the hell out of Ukraine. We don't know what we're doing. Stop. All right, back to Joe Biden. I guess Marjorie Taylor Greene got involved, but he needed to he needed to delineate and he didn't. That woman goes and says, "My children died." The president of the United States said, yeah, but it happened when I wasn't president. Can you how unpresidential is that? Cut 11. She she was very specific recently saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that that I killed her sons. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good talking point there, Joe. What do you think there, huh? Who do you think whispered that into Who went to the trouble to find out when her kids died, figure out, okay, Joe wasn't president yet, so this is an opportunity for us to strike back and maybe even have a giggle when we're at it. You know, that stuff has to be staffed. That stuff has to be looked into, and Joe is not exactly an unscripted guy, right? He gets his talking points. Susan Rice, whatever, or a bunch of 20, they've got so many 20-somethings writing stuff up, watching that hearing. When did the children die? Oh, good. July of 2020, Joe wasn't president. We can hit him on that. We can hit him on that. Everything's about hitting, hitting, hitting. Who's winning? Who's winning the moment? You got to win the day in politics. Now you got to win the second. Every little second counts. Hey, did you see that stuff I did on Scott Adams? Scott Adams is a brilliant cartoonist, and he's got great social commentary normally, but he flipped his lid the other day. Some dopey poll comes out that he, I think, totally overreacts to. Basically, the bottom line is the majority of black people are okay with white people. He misreads the poll to say that most black people don't like white people. It's just insane. His, his takeaway was wrong. I looked at the numbers. He, that was the wrong takeaway. 
And this is even worse. The, the tragedy of this is the guy is a, well, I think this might have been suicide by cop. All right. He may have done this on purpose for, for some larger reason. But then people say, well, Scott Adams has a point. No, he freaking does not. We do not. We do not assume anyone has the characteristics of anything. Everybody is an individual. Each and every – you're sitting down at the table. You're evaluating demographics, trends. You, that's a different conversation. Somebody walks in the room, everybody gets the benefit of the doubt. Everybody should be approached with an open heart. Cut 41, please, by Scott Adams. If you know, nearly half of all blacks – uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Yeah. Just get the f- away. Right, right, right. Yeah, you, where, wherever you have to go, you bastard. just get away. This guy... That's a horrible, horrible thing to say, to think, to do, judge an individual based on their race, stay the hell away from a – it's really, really toxic, horrible stuff. I'm surprised how many people are, are coming to his defense. Oh, no, 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 you should you, – what, really? You should stay away? Well, that's racist. What's he, what, he just, what he just described is racism. I've been saying for a long time America is having a very stupid and silly conversation about race to avoid having an uncomfortable conversation about race. Well, guess what? That was uncomfortable, silly, and stupid all at the same time. And it's unfortunate because he's taking himself out of the conversation. And from time to time, Scott Adams can make a point that's politically incorrect but true. Cut 44, please. I'm also really sick of seeing video after video of black Americans beating up non-black citizens. Um, you know, I realize it's anecdotal and it you know, doesn't give me a, a full picture of what's happening. But every damn day I look on social media and there's some black person beating the shit out of some white person. I'm kind of over it. I'm over it. Right? So I, I quit. Well, on this one, the numbers actually might just back up what Scott Adams is talking about. It's 45 times more likely that a black person will commit a crime against a white person than a white person will commit a crime against a black person. But what is astronomically, I believe, higher than that is that a black person will commit a crime against a black person. The only thing that's reported less than black on white crime is black on black crime. Now, these are uncomfortable things to talk about. These are uncomfortable truths that have to be dealt with and the reasons we can. That's that uncomfortable conversation that America has been avoiding. But he takes himself out by going totally full-blown racist with that other thing. He's going to avoid black. That's his advice. It is. It is racist. And uh, although it is racist, number one. Unlike when they say everything is racist, like ice cream is racist. No, that was literally racist. It's too bad. I never did get into Dilbert. Never could really, uh, I don't know where people find Dilbert or whatever. Scott Adams, I think, had a backup plan. Elon Musk, the richest man in the world, came to his defense in like eight seconds. So whatever. Bye. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
this silly thing, uh, TikTok, 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 T-I-K-T-O-C-K, no, T-I-K-T-O-K, TikTok. Still, quite frankly, and I'm pretty hip, I'm pretty with it, but uh, I don't quite understand what TikTok is other than an obnoxious um, version of Vine videos, if you remember those, just keeps on coming up, these short little videos that uh, put annoying voices and little labels. I I don't find it all that. If you want to make a video, fine. Put it on Instagram. A good American company, okay? Uh, TikTok, this is some sort of weird backdoor way they have, the Chinese, it comes from China, to get all kinds of information. And, oh, by the way, to pervert the minds of Americans, boys and girls, men and women, they are. We are losing our minds. You know what it really is? Na- I just saw TikTok as a national security threat. That's what the that's what the House Homeland Security Committee is saying. It is a national security threat. This thing, and that's just taking the data and the spying that they can do through TikTok. What about just all the time we spend on our phones? Huh? Go to the nuclear silo. Did you see a bunch of guys failed the big nuclear test? You know, we have little technicians down there, and they got to be tested every so often about how they fire the missiles. Well, we have all kinds of people failing those tests because all anybody wants to do is sit around on this dopey phone. I have been sucked in myself from time to time. And what are we grappling with right now? Well, on Capitol Hill, what are they trying to do? They're trying to figure out if they will ban it from government phones. Government. You got you to gotta pass a law for that? Isn't it common sense that you wouldn't put TikTok on your government phone? Yeah, you get a work phone, you put work stuff on it. You don't put anything, you don't put stuff for fun, right? Uh, just And they're talking about getting rid of it across the country. Well, that would be great if we were disciplined. If we were a disciplined, serious country, that would be fantastic. If we, maybe even if we didn't have a legal ban, if if our country were mature enough to just recognize it as a threat. Uh, but we're not, we're not mature enough. And it doesn't look like the next generation is going to save us, does it? I am uh, pledging this right now. Annalise and uh, Madeline, the young one. I think I have to make arrangements to send them, I don't know, what is the most non-woke country in the world for school? What is the most non-woke country in the world? But that's still a good country. Uh, I don't know. Switzerland comes to mind. I don't know. The mountains, uh, music, uh, top of the mountain. What was the name of that movie? Sound of Music. I can't, although I really can't pull off sending them to, sending them to Switzerland. It's probably going to be PS3. And I don't, I don't, I'm really worried about the stuff that they're, and then there's college. And then there is college. And you know what they're doing? Rush Limbaugh used to talk about this and he pointed it out first. If you look at the Black Lives Matter protesters, you know what they were? 90% of them, young white women out there <laughs> losing their minds trying to show how woke and how uh, how furious they were with racial discrimination. They had no idea what the hell they were talking about. It was something they saw on Instagram. It was something to do that would look virtuous, that would look good on their Instagram feed, by the way. One of the reasons why so many people took to the street is that um, – they were kind of bored. Remember, we were all cooped up. Nobody was putting anything online. You know how millennials like to take pictures of their food or, you know, their yoga routine. Well, nobody was doing anything. That's one of the reasons why it took off so much in 2020. 
TikTok, very, very bad. The phone itself, pretty bad. <laughs> Netflix, worse. Be honest, when's the last time you read a book? Hmm? When's the last time you read a book? Anybody? Did you buy my book yet? I am actually getting great reviews. You know I have like over 100 five-star reviews on Amazon, uh, which is unusual, I'm told. Very unusual. You you always get some haters up there, uh, and they have a way of figuring out who legitimately buyed a book, bought a book, and who didn't. So who's who's there for monkey business, and they, they filter out those who are there for, you know, shenanigans. So my book, once again, is uh, available wherever books are sold, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. If I am going to send my daughters to Switzerland, <laughs> maybe for summer camp one summer, but... Uh, uh, I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Check it out. Um, I, I, I love it. And you know what else I love? The pictures in the book. I chose the pictures with a great deal of love. It's about this horrendous organization called Black Lives Matter, the horrible things that the left did to this country and how corporate America signed on to an agenda they did not even understand, but they did it for money, although they would have made more money if they were honest and quite frankly, kept in line with American values. Uh, North Korea. Do you know kids are starving again in North Korea? I, I looked online. There are pictures, these heartbreaking pictures of little kids, five, six, seven years old, no, just bones, skin and bones. It's happening. It's happening. That guy is crazy. Kim Jong-un. The whole damn country seems crazy. These beautiful kids, though. Wasting away under communism. Under communism. Uh, right next door, you got China. Uh, they seem to be thriving right now. And uh, <laughs> Joe seems to be uh, A-OK with that. Uh, is Joe afraid of China? Is Joe Biden afraid of China? It's kind of an interesting question. I never thought of it that way. Uh, Ducey, Peter Ducey brought it up. You know, Joe is strangely chummy with uh, President Xi, right? Very, very chummy and is always reluctant to say anything critical of China. Always. I put this together last night with my team, Megan and my my other team over there at the Newsmax show. Listen to this. We found a bunch of, and they all correspond. Each comment is from the same year, going back to, I think, 2006. And what you'll hear is Donald Trump being tough on China and Joe being extra super nice about China. Uh, let's see. Where do we have that? You got that? Uh, it's, oh, sorry. That's the wrong page. It, um, help, 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 help. Where the, I have too many pieces of paper here. Too many pieces of paper. It's in the B block. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, everybody. Here we go. Cut 39. I have many people from China that I do business with. They laugh at us. They, they feel we're fools. You know, they're getting away with absolute murder. China's a great nation. And we should hope for the continued expansion. Tough I don't want to lose $300 billion a year to China when we can't afford to build schools for our children, when we can't afford to build highways, when we can't afford to build railways, okay. when we can't afford to build bridges. I want money to be invested in jobs and in this country. I don't want to rebuild China. A rising China is a positive, positive development, not only for China, but for America and the world writ large. It was China's fault, and China's going to pay a big price what they've done to this country. China's going to pay a big price what they've done to the world. 
This was China's fault. And just remember that. 554,064 American dead from COVID-19. A lot of families want to know how this happened, how it got here. Have you had a chance to speak to any of your international partners, any of uh, President Xi, who I know you go way back with? Have you had a chance to ask him if these reports are true, that China maybe misled the world at the beginning? No, I, I have not had that conversation with President Xi. Thank you. How about that, huh? Isn't that kind of stunning when you listen to him all all like that? Because China has been like the gravy train for Joe. China has been a great big financial opportunity for a small-time politician anxious to make it big, Joe Biden. And he's always, always, always resented how well people in the private sector do and can do. Joe Biden, he said it out loud when he was 30 years old. That he should be paid more because his responsibilities, the magnitude of his responsibilities in the United States Senate, he should be be paid more. And since he's not paid at the time, he was only paid $42,000 a year. He was going to take any and all outside income that he could get because his official salary did not match the magnitude of his responsibilities. Well, in Joe's head, it's called public service, by the way. Okay? It's a service. Unbelievable. How he got away with it, how he got there. And by the way, <laughs> Delaware, we got to have a real serious talk with De- Delaware. Who the hell's the governor of Delaware? What can we do about Delaware? How can we, how can we let them know how we feel about what they did? Hmm? How can we, how can we address that? I, uh, I wonder. But Joe uh, took his drug addict son to China when he was vice president. And one of the first things they did was meet with Hunter's weirdo business associate. And he is weird. Even according to Hunter himself, he is a weird guy. Uh, Not reliable. Very rich, very powerful, but not reliable. Just as Hunter Biden himself complaining about the guy. Cut 40. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the, literally, Dr. Patrick Coe. The spy chief of China, who started the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, founded, and is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing, who was my partner. He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to be largest LNG port in the world. If you were building the largest LNG port in the world, whatever the hell that is, uh, why would you need Hunter Biden? Why would why would China why 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 would they be ever talking to this guy? Right? Right? It's obvious, okay? Because of the old man, of course, because of Joe himself, who was frustrated his entire career that his official income did not match the magnitude of his responsibilities. Uh, Robert in Suffolk County. Hi. Oh man, this really damn Verizon thing. I'm so sorry, pal. That that that. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, thank you, thank you. You hear the Hi. scratching? It bothers the hell out of me. Why is this? It's How 19. It's 2020. It's not your fault. It's our fault. It's 2023. We have a landline. Landlines are supposed to be nice and clean. Anyway, what's up? Okay. This is the most criminal administration in U.S. history. And 
I'm going to help them get arrested, tried, convicted, and ones who are traitors hanged very publicly to make an example of them. Now, hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're not threatening anybody, are you? You're saying you want to help. You want to get evidence that you might have or something like that? I mean, uh, what, are you, what are you actually saying? I'm going to do the research necessary to support legal indictments that can be voted on by grand juries and the legal process to begin. That's what I was looking and for. Thank you, Robert. What? And get these people. All right. When you're not doing that, what are you up to? Taking care of cats. Cats? Yeah. All right. I, uh, rescue, I rescue them. Oh, beautiful. I, you know, I find, you know, a lot of people say they don't like cats. I like cats. They're very, they can be aloof and they can be a little mysterious, but I like cats. All right, Robert. Well, listen, uh, you know, don't, uh, don't, uh, don't lose sight of, you know, don't, don't go crazy over this stuff. We got a lot of good people in the house working on it. You know, Jim Jordan, we got in the Senate, Josh Hawley. They're they're working on this, and they got staff uh, to help them. Um, but do your part, and uh, I appreciate it, Robert. Thanks for thanks for listening, and uh, give me a moment. Uh, how many cats? Well, that's question. How many cats? Fifteen already. Oh, fifteen. How do you deal with fifteen cats? Are you allowed to have fifteen well, cats? Sure. Aren't there like zoning things or whatever? You can have fifteen cats. No, not with a single family house. Wow. All right. Um, are you putting them up for adoption or something? I mean, what do you? How many cats? I mean, what are you gonna? You can't keep those that many cats, right? Well, I've given a couple to the shelters, no kill shelters, to adopt out. Uh, there are ones that uh, are trapped, neutered, and released. They were not able to socialize. What do you mean? You who neutered them? Uh, there's a, the shelter has a spay-neuter clinic where oh, yeah. you can get it done at low, co- low now, cost. This is important stuff, and you're doing the right thing, the no-kill shelter and all that stuff. Curtis is, you know, really passionate about this. You should, you guys should talk sometime, seriously. He's, his phones are always open. Hey, Robert, thank you, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. She, she was very specific recently saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that that I killed her sons. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Poor Rebecca Kiesling went to the government, Washington, D.C., to say, to remind in a very passionate, um, genuine way what a crisis we have. She cited that she lost two sons and she said they both died of a fentanyl poisoning. They took a pill. They thought it was Percocet. It was something else. One was 18, one was 20, and they died in July of 2020. She didn't hide that. She said the date. She didn't say Joe Biden was at fault. She didn't say Donald Trump was at fault. She said we, America, have to do more to stop this. And Joe, his staff actually said, we can Wait a second. Wait a second. We got a way to turn this one around. I mean, let's look. July of 20, President Trump, President, blame Trump, blame Trump, blame Trump. Speak. Do we have that already? I just got this from the office of President Donald Trump. He puts out these pretty amazing videos. 
hard to find because they're not on Twitter. They're on Truth Social. And the fake news doesn't play them. But I play them. And uh, I'm not exactly sure what it's about, but uh, let's hear from the president. stuff driving around the racetrack remember when he did that is this Jimi Hendrix on the guitar sounds like all right a lot of trumpet rallies cool cool images Good stuff. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Ooh, crime does pay. You heard about this. Uh, 300 protesters who were arrested by police in the summer of 2020 right here in New York City are being paid. They're getting paid. They're getting $21,500 each. Why? Because they broke the law and they were arrested. But damn it, they deserve this money because they were inconvenienced. Yeah, this actually happened. This actually happened. The the, the city law department, which reports to the mayor, by the way, talk about he's not pro-cop. He is the He is the worst. Have you guys figured that out yet? New York City has agreed to pay $21,500 to each of the hundreds of demonstrators who were penned in by the police in the Bronx during racial justice protests. Ooh, I call them riots, but whatever. Then charged at or beaten with batons, according to a legal settlement. If a judge approves a settlement filed in federal court late Tuesday, the amount would be one of the highest ever awarded per person in a class action case of mass arrests. And would cost the city between four million and six million bucks. These are political uh, payoffs. This is uh, De Blasio really started this. He started this with the Central Park Five, who I call the Central Park guilty, by the way. But he gave them all, made them all millionaires. Those uh, those predators. The case concerned roughly three hundred people who were arrested on June fourth, twenty twenty, in the Mott Haven neighborhood of the Bronx during protests against the killing of George Floyd by Minneapolis police officers. Blah 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 blah. Uh, the police boxed in hundreds of protesters who had gathered peacefully. Peacefully, they've gathered peacefully. 
Well, I reviewed the videotape, and uh, it didn't look too peaceful to me. And guess what? I mean, I don't think you can ever peacefully take over a street and declare it's yours. Can I walk into 3rd Avenue right now and say, you know what? Uh, This is my street. Everybody stop. I got something to say. You can't do that. That's not peaceful. And what if I got a bunch of friends and we formed a big barricade and ambulances couldn't get through and little old ladies couldn't get to the hospital, huh? What if that happened? Is that peaceful? It's not peaceful. How about that? 21000 bucks. Oh, this was in the Bronx. And this was on June 4th. By the way, the city at the time said the whole thing was handled perfectly. And this is very interesting and odd from a legal standpoint. The city is officially admitting no wrongdoing, but giving these guys four to five million bucks. Four to five million dollars. Huh? How about that? Um, and this is where I don't know if you've seen this. I've showed it on my show. A police officer was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher. He was arresting somebody, but you can't arrest people anymore, right? Because uh, uh, because George Floyd died in Minnesota. So you can't arrest anybody in the Bronx. And a police officer trying to effect an arrest was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher, also known as attempted murder. But here's $21,000. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Society has just flipped its lid, hasn't it? I mean, it's totally it's totally crazy. It's totally bonkers. Everything's backwards. Up, down, down, up. Over a period of several days, New York Times journalists covering the protests saw officers repeatedly charge at demonstrators after curfew with seemingly little provocation. What does that mean? Seemingly little provocation. They never show you what the what the cops are reacting to, I've noticed. They never show that. Oh, well. That's actually our money. That's our money. Taxpayer money. Let's see. Let's see what Adams is... Well, I already know what he's going to do. And there isn't much outcry about this because it's been hush, 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 hush. Hey, you know who's doing, <laughs> you know who's surviving? You know who's actually showing up for work and doing stuff? George Santos. Haven't heard his name in a while, right? The congressman, the Republican from Long Island. He's down there showing up for work, introducing bills. Santos tries a new tack in Washington. He introduces a bill. This is from the New York Times. George Santos's first bill seeks to raise the cap on the so-called SALT deduction, a move that puts him at odds with his party but would help his constituents. Hmm. Representative George Santos has had a hard time making new friends or winning support in his first few months in Congress, an understandable outcome perhaps given the post-election revelations that he lied about much of his background. On Tuesday, Mr. Santos tried a new tactic. He introduced his first bill seeking to partially undo President Donald J. Trump's tax plan that limited how much homeowners could deduct in state and local property taxes. Well, you know what, Congressman Santos? Not bad. Not bad at all. This is one of the few things Trump did that I did not like. I did not like this thing. It screwed it up. I mean, it used to be a real, real, a real help for homeowners. Hmm. The bill places Mr. Santos, a Republican of New York, at odds with some in his own party. But Mr. Santos is not exactly one of the party's favorites, and he's seen more interested in currying favor with his constituents, whose high property taxes make them disproportionately affected by the limits to the so-called salt deduction. 
Raising the cap on salt will provide real tax relief, not just to New York's third congressional district, but to all, Mr. Santos said in a statement released by his office on Tuesday. The bill is the latest indication of Mr. Santos's commitment to press on as a congressman hoping to rehabilitate his public persona while staving off calls for his resignation, even as a recent poll or recent polling has shown that he is viewed unfavorably by 83 percent of the voters. Ooh, that's uh, and it's kind of he's in the basement on that one. Uh, but I've always said if he really wants to be a senator or a president, he's got to start lying a lot more. I mean, I think he lied about having one degree from Baruch. Uh, as you know, Joe Biden lied about having three undergraduate degrees from Delaware State College and the University of Delaware and um, and also getting that international moot court competition award and graduating at the top of his law school class and getting that scholarship and just on and on and on and on. And those are the little things. Now he's lying about, you know, the, the, the really big things and doing things that he has absolutely no constitutional authority uh, to do, like forgiving all of those loans to all of those people. Fortunately, we have a system that can keep in check, in part, somewhat, lunatics like Joe Biden, the Supreme Court. I've got my beefs with the Supreme Court, but uh, and especially uh, Justice Thomas, Chief Justice Thomas. I don't think that's no, too or, never mind. But I, I, I don't think you should just come in and be a Chief Justice. They made him Chief Justice right off the bat. I think you got to you got to be promoted. From within. Is that fair? I think that's a very good idea. Uh, on this matter, uh, let's just hear a little bit more from one of my favorites, Ted Cruz, Cut 24. You spent 20 years as a judge and you're perfectly content with justices being afraid for their children's lives and you did nothing to prosecute them. Yeah. That was quick. One more. Cut 23. How do you decide which statutes you enforce and which ones you don't? But marshals on scene make that determination in light of the priority of defense. The marshals do not make a determination over whether to prosecute. Yep. Me a little more, Ted. 22. Why are you unwilling to say no? The answer is no. You know it's no. I know it's no. Everyone in this in this hearing room knows it's no. You're not willing to answer a question. Have you brought a case under this statute? Yes or no? As far as I know, we haven't. Yeah, you sure haven't. Uh, bureaucrat, bureaucrat dodging him and his uh, buddy over there, Christopher Ray. Somebody told me the thing about Christopher Ray, uh, Chris Christie's lawyer, by the way, in that Bridgegate fiasco. Hey, how do we feel about Bridget Kelly? Did she ever wind up going to jail? She wrote that nasty email, time for some bridge trouble or traffic trouble in in Fort Lee, right? Saw a profile. Boy, oh, boy, she lost everything. She really did. Uh, but that was a horrible, horrible thing to write and do. Um, but was it, I mean, I remember in the moment feeling really, really mad about it, but, uh, she's lost everything. How do we feel? Is it time to rehabilitate Bridget Kelly? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like that. Chris Christie has got uh, 16 different jobs paying him a lot of money and his passion project is undermining Trump every step of the way. I hear he's predicting now that Trump will be indicted sometime this summer over. Guess what? Stormy Daniels, the Stormy Daniels nonsense, the nonsense over that. Uh, By the way, I actually don't believe they hooked up. I listened very carefully to her and I watched her eyes, her crazy big eyes. And uh, she was telling Anderson Cooper, how would I benefit? I have no way to benefit from any of this. 
And then I looked online eight seconds later and and, and, and saw her website. Stormy Daniels, lover to the president, uh, dancing at uh, Flash Dancers in Wisconsin Tuesday night. She was totally, totally profiting and trying to do stuff. Hey, wait a second. It's Carlotta all the way up from Rhode Island. Hi. about is the Trump's reaction to disasters. And, you know, there are some people that, uh, it, I won't say it excites him, but it triggers him because he's a... Uh-oh. Can you hear me? ...of a disaster. That's when he's at his best. And the other thing I want to say is, uh, my husband also was like this. There are some people that can see a plumb line with the naked eye. They can measure carpet to an eighth of an inch or wallpaper. And when you see Trump talking about technicalities, that's when he's at his best. When he talks about things he knows or are just ingrained in him. So that, you know, there are some people, they say one track, one, one is that a, something that affects one person is a tragedy or something that affects thousands is a statistic. With him, it's the opposite. When it affects thousands is when he's at his best. And he doesn't go hide in the basement. He goes where he feels he can solve the problem. Uh, great points. I agree completely, especially the first one about the. Uh... You know, he 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 actually loves challenges. And when things are screwed up or there's a disaster, that's a challenge. It gets his attention. And sometimes guys like this, they don't like it when everything is normal and when everything is working. What was the other thing you said? Oh, yeah. When he gets technical, when he gets really technical about stuff that he knows and he knows about a lot, uh, it's very impressive, especially maybe we'll play it when we come back. It's the. I'm going to send this to you, Jason. It's the time where Trump went to the United Nations and told them that their plan to renovate the building was all messed up and they were paying way too much. And he gets very, very technical. And you can tell this guy, wow, unlike every other politician, this guy knows something. He knows stuff. And uh, it's it's impressive. Unlike Joe and the rest, they know how to smile. They know how to ask for money. And uh, anyway, Carlotta, how you been otherwise? Haven't heard from you in a while. What's it like up there? It's okay. But I think the American people are beginning to miss that without even knowing it, what it is about him that they miss. They, they're seeing yeah. so much of this vapidity. Yeah. And I, I I think maybe that's why he's starting to run ahead in the polls again. Uh, yeah, actually, the contrast is uh, is amazing. It is really amazing. You got it? Is you, Oh, are we ready to go? No, no, no. no. Do, I want this, though. I just texted it to you. Did you get it yet? All right, let me know. All right, Carlotta, I'll see you later. Thank you, and... Uh, Oh, Barbara's on the special line. She's always, you gotta, all right. Hi, Barbara. How are you? Welcome back. I'm fine. Glad to be back on a good line. And, and I'm listening to these FBI uh, people who hold all this authority in front of Congress, answering in ways that is totally abdicating their authority and hiding themselves. And then I hear President Biden chuckling about the tragedy of these two children who died, these two young adults who died from fentanyl. It reminds me of what someone said to me once. This man had businesses in China for years. He left Chinese American. He came back to the United States. He said, you can't do business in China anymore. He said they have a saying over there. When the government owns it, no one owns it. And when no one owns it, no one cares. And that is exactly what we're seeing with these people from the FBI, with President Biden, 
and with the swamp. That is the definition of the swamp. No one owns it, and they don't care. Yeah, wow. That's a pretty – that's communism for you. I mean, uh, when no one owns it. Somebody <laughs> – yeah, that's a great point. I had a Jesuit tell me this, by the way, at Fordham University. He's like, we had a car that we used to share. All the Jesuits had one car. And guess what? Even the priests, they didn't treat the car very well because nobody owned it. Nobody cared. But when you have your own car, you treat it very, very nice and you make sure everything is working. It's the same concept, I think. Barbara, thank you. And uh, that's a great quote. Oh, and here's that thing I was talking about. Here's Trump. He's actually on Capitol Hill. This is like 2004, 2005, something like that. He was invited to Capitol Hill by State Senator Marty Golden, I think, to talk about the United Nations. And I guess America was on the hook for like a couple of billion dollars to renovate the United Nations. And we were way overspending. And he comes down and and tells them how they're overspending and what's wrong with the whole situation. Listen to this. It's good. Thank you, uh, Senator Golden. Uh, uh, Just a little housekeeping chore. I want to thank Mr. Burnham's staff for returning. Uh, I appreciate your willingness to listen to the other viewpoints. Um, Let Trump talk. Now we would like to hear from you, Mr. Trump. We, uh, uh, first of all, appreciate that you would take time out of your schedule to come down here. I think it's an important area. We recognize your success in in the very areas that we're talking about and look forward to hearing what you have to say about, number one, your opinions, but also what you've heard here today. Well, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chairman and members of the subcommittee. Uh, It's a great honor to have been invited, and if I can lend a hand, I would certainly love to do so. I have to start by saying I'm a a big fan, a very big fan of the United Nations and all it stands for. I can't speak as to what's been happening over the last number of years because it certainly hasn't been good. But the concept of the United Nations and the fact that the United Nations is in New York is very important to me and very important to the world as far as I am concerned. So I am a big fan, such a fan, in fact, that at great expense I built a building across the street. It's the tallest apartment house in the world. It's been a tremendously successful building, sold out, and I'm very proud of it. And if the United Nations weren't there, perhaps I wouldn't have built it in that location. So it means quite a bit to me. My involvement with the United Nations began with a letter, which I will give to the committee, uh, from the ambassador to the United Nations from Sweden. And it's a long letter and a very beautifully written letter And essentially, he read an article about the success of Trump World Tower, which is the building that I can show you right here. Right. He's pulling an easel with a picture on it. Which is, as you can see, very, very substantially taller than the United Nations, bigger than the United Nations. And he read an article in the New York Times saying that the building cost approximately $300 million to build. So he wrote me a letter and ultimately called me and said, is it possible that that building cost $300 million because it just seems so much bigger and so much better and so much more expensive and so much more luxurious? And how could you have done that for $300 million when at that time, Senator, they were talking about $1.5 billion to renovate the United Nations? And this was around December of 2000. And I said, well, there's only two reasons, either gross incompetence or something far worse than that. And you know what the something is, and that's corruption. Wow. Because there's absolutely no way that that building could have cost $1.5 billion 
All right, we got to take a quick break. He's and, and then he goes into the details about like renovation and bathrooms on floors and the technical expertise and prowess he shows. Maybe a little bit more because a lot of that was introductory. Uh, the when he talks construction, it really is quite cool. Uh, all right, oh, I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And if you haven't done it. They, you're not going to go to. You're going to go to school, and they're just going to take you to lunch, and you're just not going to even know what happened. So this project at 1.2 billion will cost, in my opinion, three billion dollars. In my own opinion, however, in my real opinion, it should cost approximately 700 million dollars. I've been listening to a couple of different things. Number one, swing space. I don't think you need swing space. First of all. What landlord in New York is going to rent space for a year and a half or two years? Who's going to do that? You're going to give up a building for a year and a half or two years and say, oh, good, you just go in, mess up my building for a short term, and then move out. Hey, nope. does anybody know what swing space is? I never heard about it. It's, and he goes into this amazing description of what it is and how the U.N. is about to uh, get owned by landlords all over the place. He says, look, this is my world. I know it. Uh these guys at the U.N., they're naive. I might be naive in some things, but I'm not naive in this. And he goes into incredible detail. It's really it's really something to behold. You can find it quite easily on uh, online. Uh, all right. I got to go across the street. Some folks have been on hold for a million years, though. Francis in Long Island. Hi. Greg, I want to tell you something. You, Curtis Slewa, and Giuliani are the best talents over there at WABC. All right. All right. Thank you. Pretty intense there, Francis. All right, wow, 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 wow. The three of you should be promoted to the morning show. Uh, thank Monday you. through Friday. All right, Francis. Goodbye, uh, Darren. Uh, you're in Tom's River. Hi. How you doing, Greg? Let me start by saying I'm a fan of you, yours and your father's. I grew up in New York City. Um, first thing is about the whales. About ten years ago, a nuclear plant blew up in Japan. Yeah, Fukushima. Those, those, right. Right. Those those waters are just hitting our shores. Believe it or not. Okay? You serious? Yeah. I'm serious. It took that long for it to hit our waters. I believe that's what's killing this our whales. Is this Japan's fault? Uh, I wouldn't say that. No. Well, it's their nuclear plant. I'm going to look into that. I'm sorry, Darren. I'm out of time. Good stuff. I'll see you guys later. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.